Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to experience the Gut Check Project, talking science, health, and innovation that you can actually use. But this isn't just another health show. We're here to have fun and make your time enjoyable. Well, while you are enjoying yourself, know that even though the GCP covers some health topics with healthcare pros, we are not your doctors. So use our show to entertain your mind and not for medical advice. And now, here are your hosts of the Gut Check Project, Dr. Ken Brown and Eric Rieger. Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I am your host of the Gut Check Project, Eric Rieger, joined by this awesome guy, Dr. Kenneth Brown. What's up, Ken? What is going on? We have episode 91. Uh, today, we are going to kind of just flow around a little bit, talk a few things. We're going to talk the science behind podcasts. We're going to talk the science behind, well, the One Chip Challenge, because somebody here has some personal experience with it. I do. I do have some personal experience with that. But before we get to personal experience, Ken, what's going on in your life? Oh, um, so I had kind of an interesting week. Uh, so we there was another one of the baby bathwater uh, meetings that we have. This is that entrepreneurial group that we've talked about before. It's super cool, brilliant minds. Very much. And I was supposed to assist with uh, Chris Cresser and Jason Klopp about the longevity that you can have if you take care of your microbiome. Unfortunately, a few days before, I ended up uh, coming down with fevers, and it appears that I had the flu. Oh, I thought you had uh, pulmonary rickets. It, it was one or, of those things. Or hepatic gingivitis. I was torn between scurvy and the flu. <laughs> and I ate like 12 limes, and yeah. I still felt like shit. So yeah, I'm going to go with the flu. Realized you weren't on a boat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lloyd kept asking why I was dressed in a white sailor mock, and I'm just like, I don't know. It just feels like it'd be appropriate. So, anyways, it wasn't scurvy. Give Turns me your out citrus. It was the flu. <laughs> Turns out it was the flu. So, I that put you in a weird position because Eric had to step up and help me with the lecture. So, how'd that go? Actually, it went great, honestly, because of the compliment of having uh, Jason Klopp and Chris Cresser, both great, brilliant minds, uh, good friends of, of ours. Uh, Jason, of course, is a fecal microbial transplant expert, and he actually has a very niche application, brain health, uh, through FMT and then other applications like that. He's originally Canadian, but I believe that his practice is in Mexico, I think. Is this correct? Is that right? I think that's where he does some work with autism also, isn't Aut it? Yeah, that's what I meant by, yeah. by the brain. But yes, yeah, uh, yeah the uh, autism treatment that he does with FMT, but he's just got immense data, which of course, if he has that amount of, of niche expertise, that means that he's studied all of the other applications that go along with FMT so he could recognize what works well for him. And of course, Cresser goes without saying, if you've ever perused anything or searched anything over gut health and who is out there the most with scientifically clinically backed data and claims, it's Chris Cresser. That's exactly how I discovered him and Ken met him years before we were even in this group. Yeah, one of the one of the people that first understood the science behind Atron Teal and had me on his podcast, and I commend him on that, and really does his homework, and one of the most smartest people I've ever met. I mean, even Joe Rogan's had him on multiple times and yeah. says, this is one of the smartest guys I've ever met. So you got a chance to share the stage with him, and that's awesome, and I heard you did an amazing job. Thank you so much for stepping up and doing that while I recovered from scurvy. It was really just the notes and most of the stuff that we've talked about on this show, which is which actually, and not, not to make a lot of it, but it's really kind of cool doing the show because we're forced into constantly having to learn, relearn, re-explore, 
And I think that it, it honestly just pays dividends. It keeps everything new and we find new things to talk about. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for the notes. Yeah, well. absolutely. While you were there, uh-huh. in typical fashion, how I like to overdo things in all aspects <laughs> of life, I was oh. um, intent on making, I'm, I'm recovering from my scurvy slash flu. And so uh, I had the week off. He's over there at giving the talk and I was adamant about doing my sauna. I was adamant about doing breath work. And fortunately I have a steam room built into my shower. And so I was doing breath work one morning and really was hitting some long uh, Wim Hof specifically uh, breath work where it's a, it's a, it's a Tumu style breathing where you breathe in and breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And then on an exhale, you just stop and hold your breath. I was in somewhat of like a Yogi squat doing this and I was, <laughs> and then holding my breath and I was like, wow. And then I just kind of didn't feel like I felt short of breath at all or anything. And I felt like I almost achieved like what you're supposed to do in Wim Hof is just be free. And then I woke up on the floor of my steam room uh, with blood and uh, stood up and I had knocked uh, half my front tooth off. And so that was super neat waking up and being disoriented (laughs) and I'm trying to do something for my health. So uh, fortunately I have, Two amazing dentists, husband-wife team at Lone Star Dental. So shout out to Dr. Sivy and Dr. Montgomery. Dr. Montgomery, I called the officer like, oh my. You know, they. Uh, it's not like I go in a whole lot, but I was like, hey, just, you know, just knock my tooth out. <laughs> they figured it was something really bad. And then I'm like, no, it's nothing cool. Yeah. So I showed up and it was pretty funny because I was still sweaty from the steam room. And Dr. Montgomery brought me in and was just, you know, did a temporary bond. I'm going to have to have a little more work done. It is cool that, you know, that I have the ability to call somebody like that and they get me in right away. It's awesome. And he was really funny because he was just like, okay, we'll see you when it's time to do that crown. Quit trying to be so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, honestly, the tip really isn't that bad unless you're really yeah, looking right for here. it. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you got to look, you you gotta, you gotta you gotta really look, look hard. Out. He's a really good dentist. He's, these guys are amazing dentists. Lone Star Dental. If you, they're in Plano, if you're in the area, hit them up. They're amazing people. The staff is incredible. Staff's been there for absolutely ever. And that's what I really admire. Like as a doctor that has staff, like I love the fact that I can say she's been with me for 10 years. She's been with me for 10 years and so on. That's changing now because they're growing up and moving on to bigger and better things, but that is what it is. So happens whenever you have good people and they move on to bigger and better things. And you've always been a good promoter of that. So, yeah. So that, that was my interesting thing. Embarrassing. Very embarrassing. But then again, part of me is just like, wow, you held your breath till you passed out. <laughs> I mean, right now, if Wim Hof listening, you know, he'd be like, yes, you have done it. Now, <laughs> now go do the cold bath now. Screw you, Wim Hof. I'm not doing the cold bath. Well, um, I think that pretty much covers personal stuff. Should we get into uh, our topic? Yeah, I want to get into one thing right here. Uh-oh. You've got a little box here. I do. All right. So what I'm holding, show it to the camera. So that's the Pocky One one Chip Challenge, which I did not know anything about until Eric showed up with this box shaped like a coffin. So I'm going to hand it over to you and please explain why you have that. So I have this because at one of the surgery centers that I cover for, we had two, one technician and one nurse who were, they're moving on. Uh, one of them is going to have a baby and she's going to stay home. And the other one just got a, a job that fit her better. But they were both incredible workers. And they said to me and to Michelle, who also works there, would you mind doing a one chip challenge to send us off? And I don't know why. I just said, I'll do it. 
And so, because um, it just seemed like, it seemed like fun. Did it, you know what a one-chip challenge was? I was aware that it was supposed to be really hot. And I actually enjoy spicy food. You and I have eaten out many, many times. I thoroughly enjoy spicy food. I make salsa. I mean, I, I enjoy peppers. This is hot. This is really hot. Now, Michelle hates being outdone, and she couldn't wait to say, oh, I'll do it too. And I think that she hates the fact that she said that. <laughs> Because, um, so I don't know if y'all have ever seen this thing. The chip is not in here. However, we were at the surgery center and I did wear gloves to handle this thing. And before we get into what all causes it, and I actually have found a little bit of research. You're going to be a little surprised about this to kind of explain what's going on here. But this, uh, this little box, if you make it 10 minutes, you can hold up a sign that says, I crushed the Pocky Challenge. If you make 10 minutes with like not eating or drinking or something? Not or? eating or drinking anything. Uh, You're supposed to say, I, I crushed the Tortilla Chip Challenge or something else like that. And then you have uh, these different ratings. If you've made it one minute, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, or one hour. I can tell you that my experience wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It was very, very, very hot. I was able to tolerate it and I made it to about 12 minutes and then decided to start you know, drinking water and different things like that. Um, when I left the center, which was about 45 minutes after I ate the chip, something I haven't ever experienced before was I'm going down central. I'm leaving Anna, if you have any idea where that is, but I'm driving south. And not that far from there is McKinney. There's a Whole Foods there at uh, Stacy Road in, in McKinney or Allen, whatever it is. And... <clears throat> I'm about three miles from there, and suddenly my stomach's like, <laughs> and I'm driving my truck, and I'm like, oh, gosh, what's happening? This whole time I'm thinking, man, I mastered this. There was nothing to it. That's not true. Phase one? Phase one. Oral. Phase two. Yeah. Gut punch. <laughs> I mean, it was like somebody was sitting over in the passenger seat, basically throwing their shin straight into my stomach like this. A Muay Thai fighter. <laughs> yeah. What? What? yeah. Yeah. It's just calm growl right there in my truck, just beating the shit out of me. And so I'm driving, and I'm like, I've got, and so I tried to stay somewhat scientific, and I think it paid off, but I was like, I've got to find something with some fat. So, something to basically douse this capsaicin, which of course, or capsaicin, which of course is the uh, active ingredient that makes things spicy. And we'll get to that in a moment, but that's, what's causing all this pain. And I go into whole foods and I know if you can't see me on, if you're not watching. Yeah. If you're usually somebody that's, that, that just listens to this at which, some point, you got to look at some of this stuff because this is getting just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, basically about 50 <laughs> times the number of people y'all listen, then y'all watch this show. But anyway, so I'm walking like this into Whole Foods, and I have, I don't know how many people coming up to me saying, sir, are you okay? I'm like, I'm <laughs> freaking fine. And I'm trying to read protein things like this, staring up at the, at the counter, putting my hand up here like this, and I finally find one. And I didn't wait to check out. I just drank it there in the store and went up to the store to go and... But, but what did you get? I got a... Uh, there's, there was a protein drink. I think it was a Koya uh, protein drink that also had a little bit of fat in there. And what's really cool, I was in pain. I don't really get like that. I drank it, drank another one. <laughs> and about 20 seconds later, all the pain was gone. I mean, all of it. And paid for them and left. And that was, that was really the end of it. I actually didn't have, uh, I didn't have any other GI disturbances uh, Ooh, or that's uh, interesting. diarrhea. I know that a lot of people feel or have had experiences where they, have really hot food, and then later they have diarrhea. Or some people even have the joke of 
that's so hot it'll burn you twice. You know, it'll sting, sting your anus on, yeah. on the expel. I kind of wonder, though, if fat content didn't basically encapsulate and neutralize the capsation or capsaicin uh, by the time it would have reached there. Well, I'll tell you my theory on this. They put the pepper on a chip. <clears throat> they did. They did not bury the pepper in an undigestible rind of Very. a fiber that makes it its way through. So you had the full bolus uh-huh. of the capsaicin in your stomach right there. Yeah, it's actually a really good point. And so, you were able to neutralize it. Yeah. yeah. All so, the, the surface area of all the capsaicin was exposed. All the surface areas was exposed, yeah. That's a really good point. And had you not done that, could have got way, way worse. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't. I mean, I wasn't... I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't in it for the 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 pain duration. I can tell you that for sure. I love the science behind capsaicin. We should do something on that sometime. We definitely should. I, I mean, so let me just kind of we're gonna go through a couple of different things on on capsaicin. I know that you know what the Scoville heat unit scale is. Yes. So kind of kind of describe what you know, and then I'll kind of give some references and numbers. Here. Yeah, Lee, I don't know. I just know that it is. Oh, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this so wrong. But it's some sort of scale. That a guy named Scoville did that he kept diluting things and then people would just score it. And so they just said, oh, well, the Scoville scale is this. It's a dilution ratio, right? That's correct. And I believe that at the top of the scale of natural heat, um, now this is natural heat, is the Carolina Reaper. And I'm just looking at this uh, chart that I have on my phone. But the Carolina Reaper is rated approximately at 1.5 million Scoville units, okay? So what does that even mean? So let's go down to some things. Hardly anyone's going to bite into a Carolina Reaper on a daily for any reason. So let's talk about some things that are more applicable and give us some application here. A jalapeno pepper um, typically falls between 2,500 and 10,000. And I know that everyone knows, just depending upon the ripeness and how mature a jalapeno is uh, can determine how hot it's going to be. So that's kind of the range of a jalapeno. If that helps you with with uh, the reference there. A serrano is going to be 10,000 to 25,000. Everyone knows those are hotter. So Tabasco pepper, cayenne pepper, without the, I'm sure without the dilution. So that's the interesting thing. So when you say Tabasco and cayenne, I'm like, ah, I use those in sauces, but they take them out of the pepper. That's There's a key component yes, here. Yes, that's you correct. leave it in the pepper. It's a big difference. That's exactly right. So its pres- its presentation is going to make a difference on how hot it's going to finish on something like this and yeah. its exposure. Then you can get up into habanero. Um, an habanero chili, without being diluted, could be anywhere in a range of 100,000 to 350,000. And then you've got the red savina habanero, which is considerably hotter, 350,000 to 750,000. And what I like on the scale, though, Think of the range with jalapeno only being 2,500 to 10,000. Suddenly, we're getting up to one specific pepper given a range of 300,000 different units on the Scoville scale. Just how varied one pepper can be in just its intensity. You really don't know what you're getting into. You, you're basically one could be twice as hot as the that, other. It's so true. So like, you're like, Oh, I, I had a half an hour pepper once and it wasn't that big of a deal. And then one day you have it and it just knocks you to your knees and we can talk about how it does that. But. Sure. And then the next, the next uh, echelon is going to include things like ghost peppers and Naga Viper. Uh, I think I'm saying this correctly. Naga Viper uh, peppers. And those are 750,000 to 1.5 million. I've never had those straight at all. 
But the Pocky chip is rated just above 1 million. 1 million Scoville units is, is this. So it's pretty hot. That's really hot. Yeah. That's, I mean, a, that's a clean 1 million, a consistently clean 1 million. Yeah. The Pocky chip should be the thing that you base that on because it's me it's going to be consistent that's correct it's it's dusted the same uh, proportionately etc so 1 million scoville units approximately for one chip and i would say the intensity is all of i mean it, it, it's very intense for a good seven minutes i mean it's the first minute you can tell it's heating up and then you kind of get to this threshold and then suddenly it's like it hurts to breathe, hurts to, you know, to push, you know, you try to be really careful and not let the chip hit your lips on the way in. Of course, you're using gloves. So as soon as you take, you take those off, you know, just being super, super, super careful. Now, Michelle, I do think that people who saw it happen, I was able to stay. And if y'all have listened to Ken talk on this podcast quite a bit, he's read things like the daily stoic and that stuff rubs off on me just the same. So, I practice those same techniques, and that actually helps you get through stressful situations. So I kept reminding myself what the situation was, what the obstacle was, and like Birdman did, check next. Check next, yeah, get, love that. Yeah, so do do the task at hand, and then what's next? And so that's really kind of how I tackled it. Michelle, if you're watching Michelle, and I, I think you are, uh, you don't, you're not stoic and you, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you didn't check and you didn't like what was next. She was making her way all the way around the surgery center, begging for water, begging for bread. She had bread coming out the side of her mouth. Michelle, if you're watching. I think you are. You're not stoic and you are not checking next. <laughs> and, and just so you know, Michelle, Ken wanted me to call you and have you on. I was like, I don't think it's going to go over so good. So anyhow, um, all of this though, to do the pocket chip or the pocket challenge, if you're up for it, great. If you're not, I don't recommend that you do it. Uh, I was just thinking like for, um, some sort of, uh, you know, let's just start a TikTok challenge. You know, it's the, um, the pocket chip challenge, then put in your contacts. Oh, <laughs> no glove, no glove, pocket chip contact, because I wear contacts and I have made the mistake the day before of cutting some jalapenos up yeah, and washing my hands, not thinking much of it, waking up the next morning or taking my contacts out, yeah, not washing them good enough and then putting them in the next morning. And it's, I mean, I equate it, I've not had it happen to me, but I think it's probably similar to being maced or, you know, pepper sprayed right in your eyes. I mean, I think- I just sit there and just go, yeah. <laughs> It's like bear spray. That's what it is, man. So that, that's it. The pocket challenge. No gloves. Put in some contacts. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I mean, here's the bad part about Gut Check Project. We don't edit anything. I don't think we're supposed to say that. But. Oh yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> I, I can't even do it with the Scoville unit of what, like seven thousand or whatever you said. So my eyes couldn't take it when it was oh, a perfectly jalapeno, like yeah. avoiding the rind, keeping most of the. So the jalapeno. A lot of where that capsaicin is isn't on the outside. It's actually on the inside. People think it's on the seeds. It's the meat. It's, it's the meat. It's the part that holds the seeds there. Yeah. That's the part that holds all the capsaicin. Yeah. That's exactly right. So to go along with all this, yeah, I actually found an article. It's really brief, but it's pretty good. And I just was kind of curious where you sit as, as a physician in comparison with what this article says to kind of describe what's going on with capsaicin and what maybe 
you might see with somebody who experiences eating spicy food. So or this, this was guy eating spicy food. Yeah, and this was this was published back in October of this year, so not very long ago. Uh, very well. So um, it starts off with whether you're eating Mexican, Indian, or Cajun meals, or just enjoying some zesty buffalo wings during the big game. It talks about how spicy food is in things that we eat and we enjoy them. But sometimes spicy foods can cause diarrhea. And it talks about in the digestive tract, possibly capsaicin could trigger diarrhea. But I think a lot of that goes back to if, uh, if it's not highly exposed, probably like the chip was, and it happens to be held and then continued to be digested throughout the GI tract, then that's going to expose the rest of the GI tract to capsaicin, allowing more inflammation to happen and then probably having diarrhea. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct because capsaicin, the molecule capsaicin itself, we have a receptor uh, that actually binds to it. And you're, you're, this receptor perceives it as heat and it's all the way from the mouth through the anus. So yes, so the, we, we have these receptors. Interestingly, it's also used to decrease pain on the extremity because those receptors can actually be used for like pain patches and stuff because it can downregulate there. But in the GI tract, the, the GI tract perceives it as heat. Yeah, it's almost like a yin-yang effect mm-hmm. from the GI tract to the, through the rest of the body. So I believe it's called a, a villanoid receptor, receptor one. Yeah, uh, the villanoid receptor. TRPV, so you agree with all that? Trip V1, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So um, basically the brain is trying to understand what's going on. We have stress. And of course you have stress like that. You can have feelings of nausea uh, and confusion. And sometimes people wonder, is spicy food still safe? What do you think, Ken? Spicy food still safe, even though it may make you a little uncomfortable? Is there really that much to worry about? Should they seek help? Well, it's been a little bit since looked at this, but spicy food technically is still safe. Like the body perceives the heat, sends a signal to the brain And the brain says, I'm on fire, stop this. But the reality is that those receptors are firing, but generally speaking, it's not like a super acidic or super basic chemical that's actually causing damage. It's more an irritant. Yeah, I would say so. And they even say that um, it it could be that irritant, but at the same time, also the yin and yang, it actually could be beneficial for your health. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why they talk about how, why some people like these food challenges that people do, like a Pocky chip challenge. um, Part of it is actually does stimulate a little bit of opioid receptors where people have like a euphoric feeling while it's going on. I mean, I, I, it's weird because when you're young and you're just acclimating to eating spicy food, you're first, you're like, why in the world would anybody eat this? And next thing you know, you love spicy food. I mean, that's how it's been for me. I, I can't get enough of it. I, I love spicy food. I eat it often many times a week, but I agree with you. And then they even said in this article, made reference that um, there have been some studies that have shown you can actually have a reduction in LDL from prolonged exposure to capsaicin, which I thought oh, was yeah, pretty fascinating. Awesome. So I am going to ask you, though, if you can just guess, just guess, who may have written most of this article before very well took it and then publish it because I guarantee you know this person and they happen to be a gastroenterologist here in North Texas. Somebody in in my group wrote that a month ago? Interestingly enough, they are definitely, this person is in your group. Another person in your group reviewed it 
And so they very well could publish it, which means that they probably saw it last after this person. This person may not even be aware. They probably submitted it long time ago and it's been sitting there waiting to be reviewed and it probably just got published here recently. I'm trying to think of people that Lisa Alvarez, did she do it? She seems like, like a, something that she would do, but not her name. She likes to write stuff. She does like to write stuff. Oh, she, research. She, Lisa, we love it when you write stuff. But no, she didn't do this one. Uh, head of research, Harry Sarles? I don't know. Not Harry Sarles, but definitely a guy. This guy is Kenneth Brown. What? <laughs> no. Reviewed by J.U. Perry. No. Yeah. You published last month? I didn't write anything last month. I think that this is the article that you put together about, if I remember correctly, about four years ago. And I think that they just got around to having it uh, medically approved. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and uh, so anyway. I wrote that article? Yeah, I love the fact that you still agree with everything that you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, you apparently edited this article. Thank you so much, yeah. Dr. Jay Yapuri. So, all right, well then, good. I'm agreeing with everything. <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom line is this. When you eat spicy food, one of the reasons, um, a, a funny example, I've got, um, I got a friend who was telling me a story about his buddy that got goaded into having a pepper eating challenge when he was on vacation with his buddies. And on the flight home the next day, you know, when you're supposed to bing, seatbelts on, stay down, uh, it, the peppers kicked in. And what I mean by the peppers kicked in, when we were just talking about how the peppers are delivered, if this capsaicin is highly concentrated in what we would call basically a polyphenol vessel. Right. So it's going through as a fiber undigested. When it hits the colon, the colon perceives it as heat. And so the colon, if you have a lot of TRPV1 receptors, trip uh, V1 receptors, which go down the line of the villanoid aspect, which the villanoid, when you stimulate can actually decrease pain and do different things in your endocannabinoid system. That's a whole separate science. But bottom line is this, if you're eating a bunch of peppers and they make it to your colon, your colon goes, oh shit, this is hot. Yep. So it doesn't want to touch it. So it tries to move it, meaning it contracts and it puts a lot of water in there, meaning suddenly you've got explosive diarrhea. It's wild, right? <laughs> it's wild. So, hey, just a side note though, uh, seeds, uh, eating the meat out of, uh, out of these plants or because that's what they are but if i remember correctly i don't think that a or birds have a sensitivity to capsaicin so they can eat seeds and basically crap them everywhere to spread certain types of seeds uh like you know of hot peppers but apparently uh, mammals are sensitive to capsaicin because we don't do an efficient job of spreading the seeds for those types of plants. Oh, that's fascinating. Isn't that that makes sense. So like something that can fly very far distance. Yeah. If mammals do it, you'll have the same population in the same area. Yeah, and it's almost like, oh, I mean, so I don't cool. know if I read that it was, it would it doesn't spread them out far enough or maybe even that mammals just kind of denature through their type of di digestion that birds don't. So birds are not steered away from just eating them without any kind of penalty. So they just eat peppers or whatever they happen to eat, crap them out, obviously they spread it and the peppers don't necessarily want humans to always eat them because we don't do a good job of helping them spread and populate. Dude, that, 
there's got to be a loophole in this. Like, the, like you should sign up for a pepper eating contest and bring your pet pelican. <laughs> <laughs> and just crush that shit. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, Eric Rieger, third time champ with his pelican Bernie. Yeah, I just, it, once again, Ken making reference to my menagerie. <laughs> you have a lot of animals. I have a lot of animals. This is hilarious. I thought we were just going to talk Pocky, and you pull a weird article out your ass, and it happens to be written by me. I, I, just, I appreciate all of your contributions to today's show. <laughs> well, now the thing that I wanted to talk about today is just going to pale in comparison, or maybe it won't. So that's impressive. So just to recap, um, Eric did the Pocky One Chip Challenge and pretty much crushed it on multiple levels and also showed that if you can wait 12 minutes and then have some protein and fat. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Nice job. Thanks. That's funny. Thanks for the uh, letting me know on that stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs) What you got? What I wanted to talk about was an article was just published in Plus One. uh, In the article, the study title is Why People Listen, Motivations and Outcomes of Podcast Listening. This is interesting because... What they are discussing is that podcast listening may help people fulfill their social needs, according to this recent study that was just published in Plus One. The study found that people who listened to more podcasts per month reported a greater presence of meaning in life and those who formed parasocial relationships, parasocial meaning kind of a one-way relationship, developing a relationship with the podcast host, and they reported a greater sense of relatedness. Hmm. Kind of fascinating. And so these um, people uh, listen to a wide recording of different things, topics like news, education, comedy, health, and currently, why peppers will make your butthole firm. <laughs> currently, okay. Yeah. yeah. So a new, I need, to, I need to do an editorial comment. You did not comment <laughs> on butthole burning with pepper eating. Um, so basically what these researchers did is they want to study the outcomes of podcast listening, suggesting that the practice might help fulfill basic psychological needs for autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And so what they did is they did an online questionnaire to 308 adults, and they sent that to various countries, the UK, United States, and Portugal. And the respondents completed various personality measures like the need to belong, the need for cognition, the extent that people enjoy thinking, and then the big five personality traits. Really interesting, according to the results, 78 of these participants had actually listened to a podcast before, Uh and many of them described listening to them within the last three years, and usually about 3.5 hours per week. So if you're over there going, well, everybody and my uncle has a podcast, it's because it looks like a vast majority of people are seeking podcasts for different reasons. Definitely. So there's, you know, I mean, it was, uh, it's like the whole... I don't know, the whole concept of why is there a Starbucks in every corner? It's because people like coffee. So there's a lot of podcasts because there's a lot of material that people want to listen to. This article was kind of explaining, well, why is that? And what type of person does that? That's what this is about. Interesting. Uh, But I can say that I've... How do you put this? So listening to a radio show if there happens to be a personality before podcasts actually what's interesting we we talked about chris cresser earlier it's really chris cresser that brought me into the idea of even listening to podcasts because when when he asked if you would be on his show i can remember sitting there thinking 
Well, yeah, I guess he can. And then I would told you, I was like, hey, this guy, Chris Kresser, who I have gotten all this research from, would like for you to be on his show, his podcast. And you and I were both like, what the hell do we do for that? <clears throat> because we didn't I listen. I think our question was, what's a podcast? Yeah, we just, we never really listened to it. I'd heard of things like cereal. I didn't know about anything else at the time. And uh, Cereal? Uh, that was, a, it was like a murder. I never even listened to it. I just heard it was a show that was about murder. That's all I know. Oh, okay. That's, I literally thought, I've heard about cereal, and I'm like, what does Captain <laughs> yeah, Crunch not, have to do with this? Not breakfast cereal. <laughs> okay. uh, I think it was more like cereal killer. I know nothing about that show even. I just heard people reference it, but that's all I even knew about podcasts. And, um, but... It, b- before that, there was a there was a radio show that I listened to with some frequency, and even though I know I don't know them, you kind of associate with their personality traits. You're kind of used to what they're going to deliver in a show, and not that they are your friend, but they're kind of a pseudo conscious friend because you you kind of relate to what the information is that they're, that they're giving you, and they're somewhat predictable. I would I kind of think though that podcasts being long form, not normal in the way that they have advertisement makes it far mm. more endearing because there's not the break on the 15s or whatever it happens to be in a traditional radio format. What do you think? No, for sure. And that's funny because I'm looking at this study and what you're basically describing the type of person that you're the type of person that would enjoy podcasts. When examining each predictor separately, participants with higher openness to experience internet-based curiosity and need for cognition were more likely to have listened to a podcast. These authors stated that people who listen to podcasts with uh, have higher informational needs and that podcast listening likely allows them to explore new topics and engage in effortful thinking. Okay, so stop there because so you and I have a, you and I have a really big habit of sharing you and I and Mike and now let's just go ahead and throw Drew in there, have a big habit of sharing podcasts from our own favorite hosts, but episodes that we think that the other person in our group will like. Yeah. I mean, almost weekly, we have, one of us is sharing something that we've heard and reintroducing. Because of you, Mike and I listen to Huberman. Yeah. But that all started with you throwing out the bait of, you've got to check this out, you've got to check this out. And then <clears throat> I think it was... I probably listened to Rogan the most and I happened to send that to you and, and to Mike and to Drew. And then Mike has got some, some different type of, of thought thinking just on science and life things that he finds of, of skills. And Drew of course finds things on, on social movements and, and, and different things like that. I find that that's interesting because even we know if something is going to be captivating or new information Somebody else is going to be kind of sucked into it. I don't know, but it, it, it certainly makes things endearing. And I can, there are times that I'm driving and I may even listen to a show host that, or a podcast that I normally like, but I don't like the content because I just don't care about the subject matter. And then I say, well, who else would have something that would, that would excite me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of start fishing and then you find a new one. And because it might have a topic or a, a guest or whatever that, it, I, I really want to know about it, especially if it happens to be dynamic, science-based, or just 
a practical application that I could talk to with my sons. I mean, that kind of stuff makes me interested. Well, it's, I mean, it's the other side of the road for us over here. I'll find articles be like, dude, we got to talk about this. This is so cool. Look yeah. at this study. Just like this. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. I want to talk about this today. Um, within this model, let's talk about personality traits that like this. Okay. So the big five personality traits, openness to experience, positively predicted podcast listening while neuroticism negatively predicted podcast listening. So basically if you're a neurotic person, um, you're probably going to like, you're not going to like podcasts. And if you don't <laughs> like our podcast, you're probably neurotic. <laughs> Ours in particular, just look yourself in the mirror and be like, hate the gut check project. Probably neurotic. Separate thing. You've been diagnosed. You've been diagnosed. All right. So what the researchers said is that they examined informational and social aspects of podcast listening. What they found is that people who were more open to experience, more curious, and who enjoyed thinking more were more likely to have listened to a podcast. Yeah. So people with a higher need to belong were less likely to have listened to a podcast. This was very surprising to the researchers. Because when you're thinking about that, and you just said it, oh, if I heard a podcast, I want to tell this person and this person. But the actual act of uh, filling out a questionnaire where you need to belong, those aren't podcast listeners. No. Those are people that are just striving to find some extra information, and they're willing to share it. So I thought that was really interesting. Listening to more podcasts per month and higher social engagement with podcasts was tied to greater presence of meaning in life. I'm going to say that one more time. Listening to, and I, instead of more podcasts, listening to the Gut Check Project per month and higher social engagement with the Gut Check Project was tied to greater presence of meaning in life. Yeah. It's, it's a heavy weight to bear for you, Eric. I, I don't think that you're tossing it just to me there, Ken. Well, it's uh, if the uh, <laughs> presence of and meaning of life is dependent on this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> additionally forming what is called a parasocial relationship a one-sided connection between an audience member and a media character with the podcast was associated with higher relatedness relatedness is the basic psychological need for social connection and belongingness this is fascinating because it fulfills a social need as you engage one-sidedly with the podcast. And if you yeah. engage socially with it, hint, hint, email us, discuss with us, that will fulfill uh, one of your higher relatedness needs of basic existence. Yeah, I mean, it well, it definitely makes sense. But I also think it's almost like an accepted one way or definitely a, a more dominated one-way stream i mean i list, i'm obviously a consumer of podcasts just as you are and for everybody else who listens here but when you and i are fortunate enough to get to do this part i don't think of us as dominating the conversation it's just the format yeah so parasocial relationships are associated with greater relatedness and this greater relatedness is associated with greater presence of meaning mm -hmm. it offers people a sense of belonging so right now somebody is looking at their friend and they're like you know i just can't find meaning in life and they're like you need to listen to the gut check project and then they go and they hear about you doing the pocky one chip challenge 
And they come back and be like, you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much that. But <laughs> sure about that? But as we cover different subjects, it'd be kind of interesting. I wonder if we have the same people who listen to uh, us talk about Pocky Chips or the, are the same ones that listened when we had Travis on and we talked about ass oil. We did talk about ass oil and we've talked about Birdman doing incredible <laughs> things as a Navy SEAL and we talked about this. I think that I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate to have anybody who's listening to this and thank you for listening because we get to meet really cool people. Definitely. We get to tackle interesting subjects and it is, it does fulfill a social need for me. The parasocial relationship for me is to you, the listener and hopefully the listener to me. And so it is, uh, it is fulfilling a basic need for me to share and to have this parasocial relationship and there is somewhat there is some meaning to it you've said this on the show before but you say it all of the time when we're not talking your favorite thing and mine also but i'm just i'm using you as the example is this show forces us to stay in check that we're always looking for and discovering new stuff really what this show has always been is that new stuff could be a person who's that we just want to talk to research and experience and the cool thing is the show is we're just talking it out i mean we're just literally talking it out and it's kind of cool be at least from our perspective to talk out things like this just because not everybody necessarily gets to do what we do but for the same reason is why i like listening to the shows that i listen to because i'm not them i don't get to see who they see i don't get to hear how they think or no i'm sorry I don't get to experience how they think, but I get to hear it. And and seeing someone's perspective and understanding their personality over time, it's weird, it, but it kind of helps inform your own mind and gives you a grasp on just different concepts, different approaches. And yeah, I think that there's a lot of learning that goes on from just kind of varying your your podcast experience. So Yeah, absolutely. And that, like for us, like when I discovered Huberman, what I admire about that is his professionalism and I understand that it's a you know he's got a team and all this other stuff but I still admire the fact the guy shows up and does a very calculated essentially long form lecture with data and back like I admire the work going into that I just admire that yeah and but I mean who who are we kidding my my range on podcasts is vast we've We've said science as if that's the only ones we listen to. I listen to Dan Cummins' podcast, too, and that is not scientific, but it's really funny. It's a comedic uh, history uh, presentation, and then there's— Wait, that's not hardcore history, is it? Hardcore history? Yeah, if you listen—that's that's a Cummings guy also. Look up hardcore history. Yeah, I haven't That's seen. intense. Oh, no, no, no. That Dan, is— Dan is the one that I showed—well, I, I sent to you, who retold the story of Genghis Khan in his perspective in the way that Genghis Khan took over China and, and anyhow, it's brutal. Oh, Dan Cummins, the comedian. Yes. Oh yeah. No, I'm thinking of the other guy that does hardcore history, which is he'll do such an oh. in-depth, uh, uh, Lucas and I were on like a road trip and we were like three hours into a 20 hour <laughs> Like no. you talk about intense, it's so cool. Like I admire that. Like that is so intense. Hardcore history. Forgot his name. Dan Dan's is called uh, Time Suck. That's what. It oh, is. I love that Time Suck. That's yeah. right. You sent that to me. And I thought it was funny. And I'm gonna look up hardcore history really quick. Then and and another another set of podcasts which are very similar to each other but are completely different. Dan Carlin. Oh, Carlin. oh, okay. No, I know who that is. Um, 
that's he's actually very entertaining and and super in depth. Um, then there's uh, concrete, which is spelled with a K, which is very good. And then there's Trendifier, and I re- I remember both of their first names. I, oh, Danny Jones runs Concrete, and he used to be a uh, just his self funded document documentarian. Is that what you call him? People? Documentarian, sure. Makes document documentaries. Docu- what did you call that? Mentoring. The movie guy makes documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he has interesting guests on. And then Julian, I uh, don't remember his last name. I think it's Julian Dory, runs a podcast called Trendifier. And both of those guys are somewhat similar but have different approaches. And it has nothing to do with science, but their guests are phenomenal. Like, they're just cool. And I think it's it's just fun to listen to things like that. It does make you think, and I drive a lot too. So that's probably another thing on why I like podcasts so much. Yeah. It's uh, like, this makes sense. Why podcasts are so popular. Yeah. It's a sense of belonging. It fulfills certain oh, and of course, need for learning. Theo Vaughn, if you like to laugh, uh, my sons and I often, he, he has a show weekly and that's a bonding experience for Gage and Mac and I. We always talk about Theo Vaughn together. That's good stuff. That's funny. I'm not that big of a fan of Theo. What the few episodes I've heard, but what Lucas and I will bond over on a road trip is he will, he will eventually. I'll try and do some like sciencey stuff, and it'll be like, hey, yeah, is it my turn now? I'm like, yeah. And it will be two bears, one cave, which is also very good. And that, that's uh, Bert Kreischer and uh, Tom Segura. Tom Segura, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, that is funny. I thought we were going to just do a quick little podcast on uh, on podcasts. Yeah, we kind of did. And you kind of threw a little curveball on an article that I wrote that I didn't know I wrote. <laughs> Thank you again. <laughs> but we want to talk uh, once again. Remember, this is a podcast for you. We are trying to engage. We are trying to make sure that you get what you want. So please interact with us. This is part of the parasocial bonding that the psychologists just proved. So make sure you uh, hit us up. How do they get hold of us? You can go to kbmdhealth.com or gutcheckproject.com. Both of them have availability for you to sign up for KBMD Health. Both news, information, we send out generally a weekly email. There's also You can also find our store there to save money if that's your thing on different products such as Altron Teal, Altron Teal Pro, CBD, and other things that this guy here endorses because he is a physician. But more importantly, you're already on, you're already listening to the show. You're already part of the Gut Check Project. Just shoot us your questions, your ideas, your suggestions. We average probably around 30 responses a week. So for those of you who tend to do that on the regular, thank you. If you want to do it and you want us to read back and write back to you, that's all you got to do. And uh, we've kind of got a nice little system of doing it. So. Yeah, and the usual thing that kind of helps with this to engage, go to um, iTunes. If you rate it, if you like us, that'd be really cool. If you go to Spotify, do that also. It's all, we're learning that that actually helps engage other people to start looking at it. So that's what we're trying to do. You brought up something earlier too, and we never really addressed this. So for those of y'all who listen, thank you. Y'all outnumber those who watch us on YouTube by about 40 to 50 fold. So... Um, if you ever wanted to, to see or check out anything visually, then you just have to go to YouTube, search in Gut Check Project, just like you're doing on YouTube and Spotify. And there you can uh, see the video and share it with somebody. I am just going to say that if you are interested in seeing a visual show, my suggestion is episode 90, where we had Rachel, Rachel Shear on. Fitness model. Fitness model, nutritionist, super smart, super cool, and freaking hilarious yeah 
So if you want to watch a, if you want to start watching the visual episodes, that's a pretty good one to start. And then I would definitely find the Birdman because that was intense and funny at the same yeah. time. Yeah, Ryan Patton Birdman is good stuff. So, parrot. <laughs> Damn it. I did it. His name is Ryan Birdman Parrot. <laughs> That's an ongoing joke because it was done the first time. And bitch. then I did it a few episodes ago. <laughs> I just did you, you Oh, Ryan. I knew. Okay. Oh, you know what? We might as well bring it up right now because now we, now we have to give, I mean, yeah. we have to say, I'm sorry, but we also have to talk about what he's doing because we're trying to raise some awareness on the cause that he's doing. So... Seven continents, seven marathons, seven swims, seven base jumps. Nobody's ever nobody's ever done that. He's assembled a team in and seven days. In seven days to raise awareness and to raise funding for our veterans who are suffering from PTSD and depression and things. And what they're doing is something way cooler. The shit that we love to do, they're trying to set up the human performance project where they're trying to make sure that when veterans get out, they're not just sent to go see a psychiatrist it's we're going to help you sleep better we're going to help you eat better we're going to help you exercise super cool and we're about ready to really start promoting this through Atrantil because Atrantil is going to be a sponsor and help their cause these guys are doing amazing things please watch that episode what was that episode 86 i believe yes it's definitely episode 86 episode 86 please check it out this is one of the most amazing humans you will ever see you can go to AmericanExtreme.com. I'll be certain to add it in the notes for both the YouTube as well as the show notes. But AmericanExtreme.com explains everything that they're going to do, why they're going to do what they're going to do. The seven days, seven continents, seven marathons, seven base jumps challenge. Um, but it's, of course, it's, it's high profile. But it's high profile for a reason. It's simply to help take care of veterans who've just certainly just kind of slipped through the cracks, not been addressed. And Ryan Parrott, Birdman Parrott, is really leading the charge with with several other special ops people to address this uh, this problem. You know, as long as we're talking about these podcasts, if there's one reason for this podcast is if a couple people get something out of it. When we had Lane Garrett on that talked about sexual trauma, mm, several people sent me emails, very lengthy, very personal emails about some trauma that they'd experienced. And it's worth doing that podcast just to help a few people. If we can get a few veterans helped by looking at episode 86, damn, do it. Let's, let's do this. If you're somebody that wants to figure out how to come back from a pepper eating contest and not spend the whole time on the plane and then have TSA arrest you. Cause you can't do that shit anymore. You can't sit in the bathroom the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it, if we could save one person from spending the whole trip in the bathroom yeah. because of the, uh, Pocky one chip challenge. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. His last name is not Patton. <laughs> I love it. Dude. I knew Birdman. You heard him say it. I knew when you were just sitting there waiting that I had screwed up, but either Dude, way, that guy's a Navy SEAL sniper. <laughs> At some point, there's just going to be just a flop. Yeah, and I'm just like, Eric said it one too many times. Lord, it'll be two bullets. Don't worry. <laughs> Anyhow, that's going to do it for episode number ninety-one. Thank y'all so much for being a part of Gut Check Project. Please like and share, and certainly appreciate everybody who uh, participates. Thanks a lot. All right, take care, everybody. 
That's a wrap for this episode of the Gut Check Project, and we appreciate you for being a part of it. Be sure to follow us on your favorite platform for podcasts. You can find the GCP on Locals, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Rumble, and more. And you can always check out gutcheckproject.com to find all episodes and interact with the show. Tell your friends and family not to wait to get Gut Checked.